I'd like to turn your attention to the same text scripture that I used in February whenever I was privileged to minister here. And that scripture is Proverbs 29, 18. Where there is no vision, the people perish. But he that keepeth the law happy is he. Where there is no vision, the people perish because the people cast off restraint. And when we cast off restraint, then we perish. And I want to preach today on this subject, world missions or global mission demands personal vision. Now, here's what I know, and we're going to pray, and then you're going to be able to be seated. Here's what I know. I know beyond a shadow of a doubt because now I've seen it happen too many times. I'll talk a little bit about some of those things. But I know that when people allow God to control all of their life and not just part of their life, that their life totally changes. I know that that some of you, you used to see life a totally different way than you see life today because of how you've allowed God to direct your life. But the Spirit wants to lead us from dimension to dimension to dimension. Please don't be satisfied where you are right now today. I promise you that the man preaching to you, I'm not anywhere close to being satisfied with what God is doing in my life. And I am seeking every day to hear what the voice of God is saying and how the Spirit will direct because I know there are things we've I've never seen in my life or ministry. And I'm believing that as long as I'm on this earth and believing that God has more for me. If you have that kind of a spirit, that kind of a desire, why don't you close your eyes and lift your hands to heaven? And why don't you ask God for personal revelation today? Personal revelation. Take the walls down. Take the walls down. Pray right now. God, help me take the walls down. Lord, we need you. Your presence has been very obvious. Last week, this week, people have been born again. Lives have been changed. But God, there is is a dimension that you're wanting us to walk in. And we're wanting to just take another step today. Let it be done. I pray against any distraction. I pray against any influences that would come against our minds. I pray we will have freedom in the Spirit to do your will. Let it be done in Jesus' name. Can the church shout amen? Amen. Amen. God bless you as you're seated. The global mission is found in Mark sixteen fifteen, And he said unto them, Go ye into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. Unfortunately, without a vision for the mission and commission, people will perish because they cast off restraint. Pastor Harpole preached uh, in his message on September the 2nd. I believe I have that date right. I was listening to it online. He used this verse and he made a great point with it. He said, Where there is no vision, the people perish, but the people also cherish. Do you remember that? Cherish. 
I don't have time to deal a lot with that, but uh, that was a key word to a church like this. Because a church like this can get where you are right now and you can get comfortable. It feels good here. This is nice. We, we don't need anybody to have the attitude here that, hey, let's build three tabernacles. This, this feels, this is great. Let's just settle down right now. We can never settle. We can never settle. The Spirit of God moves in our lives, and, and it is the will of God that the kingdom of God increases. And it's dimension to dimension, and we can never settle. There's a lot of good things being said about your church. There will continue to be a lot of good things said about your church. I just beg you, do not get drunk on your press release. Please, please don't get drunk on your press release. Please don't. Thank God for anybody that says anything nice and just, you know, I used to tell some of our leaders, when people come by saying nice things about the church, please don't believe them. Because what I was trying, what I feared was, is that people would settle and get comfortable. We cannot settle. We are called to be an impact church. This church is called to be an impact church, but you can never settle. You can never be comfortable. You can never get comfortable in your seat. We need so many people here that we can't even find our seat. I don't have time to deal. I don't have time to get off on all that, but that is a word to this church. God does have his hand on this church. There is a glory cloud that is resting over this church. The power of God is here. There is a reason why the power of God is, is working in this church. It's because there are people that are positioning themselves. And as long as we position ourselves, then God will work. We see many times in the Word of God that it's not a lack of the Spirit. It is a lack of vessels. When did the oil stop? The oil stopped when there were no more vessels. We in new life, we, I say today, that feels pretty good. We must be people that are vessels. We continue to be vessels. Never satisfied. Content, yes, but never satisfied with what God is doing and what God wants to do. It doesn't matter what size Terre Haute is. It doesn't matter what. When has God ever decided what he did by a population count? When has God ever decided, well, we can't do that here. Listen, the, the Internet has opened the world. The internet has opened the world just like the Romans built the roads for the gospel to move. The world has built the internet. It doesn't matter now. Hey, I live in Brazil, Indiana. I didn't even know there was a place called Brazil, Indiana. And if you live in Brazil, we need to meet because I need to know who my neighbors are. It doesn't matter if I'm living in Brazil that I think has 8,500 people or Terre Haute, however big it is. It doesn't matter. Size doesn't matter. It's not we're from some small part of whatever. It's not about that. We are children of God. We are a part of the 
kingdom of God. And the kingdom has no boundaries. The kingdom has no definition of how we can be used. And somebody has just got to decide. We are where we're supposed to be. And we will be a vessel that will continue to what? To pour ourselves out to make room for the spirit to keep pouring back in. Oh, I'm talking to somebody right now, and that's sure not this, this message, but I'm talking to somebody right now. You need, you need to quit cutting yourself down. You need to quit thinking, well, God can't do this, or I, I can't do this, or it's not me. That's good for you, preacher. That's good for pastor. That's good for whoever. No, it's good for you. Will you be a vessel through which the Spirit of God can flow? And I can tell you this, you start letting the Spirit of God flow through you, just start journaling. It would be good for you to journal and start today because you start opening up and allowing the Spirit to flow through you and your journal is going to blow you away. We're not talking about what man can do. We're talking about what God can do. My focus today is perish. It's casting off restraint because kingdom vision empowers self-restraint. A lack of vision is very costly, and vision restrains human desire and releases spirit desire. And that's why I'm preaching that a global mission demands personal vision. We believe that we are to take the whole gospel to the whole world by the whole church. We do not believe that that means it's some of the gospel to some of the world by some of the church. We believe in the whole gospel. We believe that when we look at the whole gospel, that we see grace and we see faith and we see confession and we see repentance and we see baptism in the name of Jesus Christ and we see the infilling of the Holy Ghost and we see endurance because all of those things are connected to salvation. I don't know enough about you to know who is a guest here and who's not a guest here. I can just tell you what we're preaching is not just a Pentecostal thing. We do not own this. This is not a Pentecostal thing. This is a Bible thing. This is a God manifested in in man, the man Christ Jesus who gave himself for us. One God that came to this earth and and wants everyone to be saved. And so we really need to not focus so much on what we're called as far as a denomination. We need to focus on doing everything in the word of God that is connected to salvation. It's the whole gospel to the whole world. And when we're looking at some of these flags and maybe some flags that are not up, they would represent places that, yes, are pro-Christian and others that are anti-Christian. It represents the down and out and the up and out. It's the whole world. The great thing is, is this church can be and is. It's not can be. It is today connected to the whole world through our missions given, giving. 
When we're talking about the whole church, I, I love this about this church because this is a generational church. I'm very impressed with how intentional this church is about children and youth and hyphens and everyone. This is a generational church. That is a key. The whole gospel to the whole world by the whole church. Now, I was very fortunate growing up because I grew up in a missions-minded home. My parents, Jack and Patty Shock, were just tremendous, tremendous people, and I cannot tell you how many times in offerings or special missions days like this that my father made us all very nervous because if God spoke a number to my dad, it didn't matter what the number was. My dad knew how to hear what the Spirit was saying about giving, and then he didn't judge it on what we had in the account. Now, that was a dimension that my dad walked in. That's also a dimension that I believe that it is definitely a dimension I'm seeking to, to walk in. And it's a dimension that we're going to have to walk in as a church if we're going to see what God really wants to do through us. And so he would, he would give offerings and then thank the Lord. My mother uh, wouldn't gripe about it. And that, that really helps when somebody can hear from God and somebody won't gripe about it. That's, that is just a great, great connection. My, my dad was our youth leader. And so one thing that my mom and dad would do every year is they would be part of, uh, organizing what we used to call March for Missions. Do any of you remember the March for Missions way back there when we marched 20 miles? Does any, oh, we have some hands. I say you survived it. Boy, I was so thankful when, when the, whoever had the vision of 20 miles got moved aside for the one that had the vision for 6K or something like that. It was, it, it was, it was much better. I was in much better shape that in those days. And the first time we did that, I just jogged the whole thing. And I, I just could not believe that, you know, we were finally, I, I really felt like that, that we were compromising <laughs> because we, you know, it used to be 20 miles and now it was just 6K. Blessed to be raised in a missions-minded home. Our pastor, Brother Lumpkin Sr., was a man that, that uh, he kept missions in front of us, and it was just amazing what, what he did and, and how he kept it in front of us, and missionaries just became household names for us. I was blessed to have a Christian school principal. His name was Bill Patrick. I'm giving you some stories because today is more about, it's more, this is not just about money today. This is about a mindset. This is about a mindset. We, we've got to change some of our mindsets. Brother Patrick was just, he was just a great man. He, he came to be our Christian school principal whenever I was in the 11th grade. I met him whenever I was mowing the pastor's yard. I was on the riding mower, and, and this man comes walking across, and, and he looks at me and starts talking to me, and he looks at me, and he says, God is going to use you. I don't know why he, he felt that, but, but uh, he, he spoke faith into me. He spoke life into me. He was also the first man that uh, um, 
scheduled where I could preach a youth revival. Brother Patrick was the first one that did that. He was, he was the first one that took me on a missions trip. He uh, took me to Mexico, below Mexico City. It was a driving trip. We slept uh, on, in the rest area one night. Uh, interestingly enough, 2 o'clock in the morning, a bunch of sirens wake us up, and somebody on the other end of the rest area had been murdered. I'm glad they chose. I hate anybody got murdered, but I'm glad they chose that end of the rest area instead of our end of the rest area. But that was happening, and, and he, he put me under this brush thing. There was these people living in this brush area, and he stuck me under there so I could see what they were eating, and the family was eating rats. And, and it was just, it was one, it, he was a man that could ignite vision. He was serious about igniting vision. Let, let me say a word to, to some of you. Please, when you're with young people and each other and however, whoever you have influence on, don't waste your influence on just earthly matters. Use your influence for kingdom matters. He was a man that was, that was greatly used in, in my life. He told me one day, he said, I'm taking you to a, uh, young minister's conference in Alexandria, Louisiana. I said, I, I can't, I can't get off work. I was working three jobs at that time and, uh, to just make it. And he said, no, I'm paying your way and you're going. You have your bags packed. And he takes me into Alexandria, Louisiana to the second because of the times. I walk in on the second row, look up, see Melanie and the choir. That's how, um, we even met, didn't meet there. We didn't meet till months later. There's so many things I could say about this visionary in my life about somebody that was serious about a global mission, but he had the ability to think global and act local. That's what we must do in new life. We must think global and act local and know that it all connects together. I could go on and on. I could talk about Clara Clark. I could talk about Pat Wacker. Uh, she had two small children. She would raise, she raised so much money. Leona Allen was a, a retired school teacher and it was back whenever I was the youth pastor. And so I was over She's for Christ, raising She's for Christ money. She would come in my office, literally, this retired school teacher. Can I borrow your notebook right here? Because that's exactly what she had. She had this notebook. She would turn pages and, and I'm talking page after page after page. Five dollar donation. She worked it all year long. Five dollar, ten dollar, fifteen dollar. If she would ever get a fifty dollar donation, she'd dance a jig in my office. It was amazing. But I'm telling you that there was a year that Leona Allen walked in with twenty thousand dollars. I'm talking one Retired school teacher, $20,000. I could tell you about Pat Wacker, that, that, uh, single mother with two kids talking about real McCoys. She was raised, she had real McCoys in her family for years. Her kids raised thousands of dollars. I could give you name after name after name. Darty Smith, his, his, uh, family owns an auto salvage. His dad's name was Henry. And, and, uh, they still have it. 
he races cars. He loves to race cars. Well, all of his racing car buddies, when it came time for missions, giving, they knew it was time to write him a check. We, he would bring checks in my office from all over the United States of all of his business partners. He, he would tell them it'd be, it'd be 20 bucks, it'd be 50 bucks, 100 bucks, 500 bucks. If, if you took, I don't know how many churches that, that Darty Smith outgave by himself, that Leona Allen outgave by herself, that Pat Wacker outgave by herself, by some of the teenagers that out, I'm just telling you people that just had a vision and would do something about it. Then there are people that are serving us now in major capacities. Do you realize that, that our uh, regional director that is over all of Africa right now, he had a real good life going when he was in his 30s. He had a great life going in Portland, or Oregon as the second, as the, as the second leader of, uh, as the second listing real estate agent. He's over Europe. Uh, Brother Tuttle over Europe. Brother Adams is over Africa. He had a good life going for him too. He was the superintendent of building bridges. I have a great friend. I'm just, I'm just giving you a couple stories here because I'm telling you, these are the people we're supporting, but this is more than money. It's about a mindset. And I'm not, I'm not trying to get a, a bunch of people at New Life to, to tell, uh, pastor that, that, hey, I feel called. I'm moving to Africa. I'm moving whatever. I don't know. God will direct however, but I can tell you this. In a church like this, there will be missionaries that will be sent out of this church in God's time, in, in God's way with pastoral counsel. It will happen. Brett and Clara. Uh, are good friends of ours. He was raised in Australia. She was uh, raised in Copenhagen. They they met. Won't burn up time with all that. But but uh, he is he is a, an attorney. She is an attorney. Right now he is the president of a multi billion dollar oil shipping company. And she is an attorney that, that was connected with a firm in Houston and just saved them millions of dollars on, on a, I mean, I'm talking brilliant people. That's what they do during the week. They also have three children and, and one's on the way. But on the weekends and all the time they can during the week, they pastor a church. They, they are building a church in Copenhagen. And I can tell you something about Europe. Building a church in Europe is not like building a church in the Bible Belt or in Indiana. It is a, it's a different animal. And they've been there, what, babe, 13 years, I think? 13 or 14 years. They have a church of about 55 people. And when I tell you vision, these, these people have vision. I could go on and on, but, but time is getting away. We can talk about all of these people, but the question is, but what about me? But what about you? That's something about their house, but what about my house? Where there is no vision, the people perish. What happened to the children of Israel when Moses stayed gone too long, as I preached in February... 
when Moses stayed gone too long, they lost vision. They cast off restraint and they took the blessings of God and fashioned a false God. And so they literally took the blessings of God and fashioned a false God. They were worshiping a false God that they made with the blessings that God had given them. I believe that idolatry is alive and well today. I believe that idolatry, unfortunately, is alive and well in many of our churches. For I believe that we, many, are, are still taking the blessings of God and fashioning a false God. And that's what we are worshiping. Today in this mission service, it's time for us to make sure that we are not in that number. Because today we must answer the call and get very serious about our best and first and all. We must answer this. If we're going to be the church and we're going to be the people that, that, that God is calling us to be, we must answer this. When we're talking about answering the call to best, we see in Leviticus 3 and 6 that when they brought a sacrifice, it was to be one without blemish. It was to be their best. When we consider first, we know in the Bible it speaks about first fruits and it speaks about firstborn. In Matthew 6, 33, it says, Seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and all these things shall be added unto you. It was saying first, not second, not third, not when we're in trouble. The word to, to, in, to impact churches is answer best first and all. When we speak about all, we see in Matthew twenty-two thirty-seven and 38, Jesus said unto him, Thou shalt love the Lord thy God with all thy heart, with all thy soul, with all thy mind. This is the first and great commandment. When you look in the Word of God and you see every time he asks us about our all, our heart and soul, or heart, soul, and might, and mind, and strength, we would see that over 21 times in Scripture, it said, I want your all. We as individuals must understand that He wants all. He wants our decisions and passion and emotion and, and our wishes and our desires, our dreams, our plans. He wants our past. And some people need to give Him their past because it's totally destroying your present. But He wants our past and our present and our future. He wants our failures. He wants our successes. He wants our possibilities. He wants everything. He wants it all. The message that I'm preaching to this church that I believe is, is the message that has us between what we're doing and what God wants to do through us is we must give Him our best. We must give it first. We must give it all. I'm talking about giving it all to God. Everything to God. 
I see uh, a mother, I'm assuming, standing up with her child, which is fine. That's not a problem at all. It starts right there. It starts with baby dedication. We need to understand what baby dedication really is. Baby dedication is not a photo op. Baby dedication is not where we dress up and we hope that God will assign a guarding angel to our child. Baby dedication is where we bring our children to God. And when we bring them to God, we say, here is my child, God. Whatever you want, wherever you want to send them, whatever you want to do with them, that's what I'm doing. If that's not your opinion, then then just have your pastor pray a little blessing over them at some point. But But don't think that they've been dedicated. Dedication means giving them to God. Well, but how can we, how can we as parents come and say, here, take my child, God, when we've not given ourselves to God? We must give ourselves to God and we must give our children to God. See, this is where it gets real. Because then when we're giving our children to God, then we come in agreement with God and we find out what investment did God put in this child? How did God wire this child? It's not about us rewiring our children so they will please us, be with us forever, be around us forever. Hey, if that works out, then then great, fantastic, I'm happy for you. But it does not mean we own our children. It means we come and we find out the God gifting in our children. We identify it. We encourage it. We equip it. Now are you ready? And we release it. Hey, we're talking about the whole gospel to the whole world by the whole church. How do we mean that? Are we praying like this? God, reach them. Send somebody other than my family. That cannot be how we preach. That cannot be how we live. We need to put ourselves... I know this is not an easy message to hear. But if we're talking about winning these nations, if we're talking about making a major difference in the world, then we're going to have to be all in with every bit of our lives. Now, I can tell you that in the kingdom of God, God wants to raise up business people. God wants to raise up white collar, blue collar. He, he wants, why? Because some nations are being shut down to where it's going to take business people to go. It's, it's not just going to be that we're only going to be able to think, get missionary, send missionary in to preach the gospel. No global missions is going to mean that some of our very qualified young people that can start businesses, they're going to need to start a business in China. They're going to need to start a business somewhere in West Africa. They're going, we've got to think beyond this. There's going to be medical people that God is going to raise up, apostolic medical people that a preacher can't get in there, but a medical person can get in there. There's going to have to be some people raised up in education that a preacher can't get in there, but an educator can get in there. We're talking about the kingdom of God. We're talking about a global reach. 
a global reach. And so as we start moving through our lives at all ages and we all start realizing that the American dream cannot be allowed to reign over kingdom vision. Whenever we start realizing that it only takes one spouse in a house dragging their feet and the kingdom vision is dead at that point. When are we going to realize that, that our marriages will never be what they're intended to be until they're kingdom focused? When are we going to realize that when we expect out of a human what can only come from God, that we crash relationships? When are we going to realize that until we commit our lives individually to God, that we'll never have God's power? That, that where God guides, God provides that God will provide what we need. Do you know it is God's will that we are fulfilled? Do you know it's God's will that, that we are the head and not the tail? Do you realize it is God's will that we wake up every morning not arrogant, not cocky, but confident in who we are? Do you realize that is the will of God? That's the will of God. And as we give ourselves to the will of God, and as we give our life to the will of God, and as we refuse to look at the, the kingdoms of this world and allow them to control our thinking of the kingdom of God. You might be 65 and you may have retired from a career, but you don't retire from the kingdom of God. There is more to do than go fishing. There is more to do. I'm not against your fishing. I'm not against your hunting. I'm not against your honeydew list. I'm not against your gardening. You can have a beautiful yard and all that. But to be defined by that, are you kidding me? There's never going to be a day, as long as I am living, that I will be defined by anything other than being a kingdom man. There may be some things I do, and there may be some things I enjoy, but what people will know of me is I am a kingdom man. That's the only way we're going to be fulfilled. That, that's the only way that we are going to reach our world. And that's why I say that a global mission demands personal vision. It, it, it demands restraint to where our time will be restrained to where it can be released into kingdom things. This still will have our homes well and our, our relationships well. As a matter of fact, it will take our homes and our relationship to a whole other level. And God knows, God knows that we are going to have to have a vision that restrains us and changes the way we spend our money. I have repented so many times. I have wasted so much money. I have squandered so much money. I'm, I'm not just saying that because it fits good here. It's just the truth. I don't know where my brain was. I'm, we're, we're trying to get our brain back and, 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 get, and get things in kingdom perspective.
Brother Jeff talked about it when we, when we understand that, that the, the thousands of souls that are in some of our cities, and I'm so thankful that, that our pastor is, is involved now in, in North American missions. When we think about entire countries without an apostolic witness, we've got to get this right. We've got to embrace moderation in our life. We've got to make changes in our life. I am not talking about some apostolic socialism. I'm not, I'm not talking about that. Just because somebody has a nicer car than me or a nicer car than you, you don't need to look at them and say they should be given more or a nicer house or whatever. All, all, it's not about the assumptions. It's not, it's not about somebody else. That's between them and God. But it's about me. It's about, it's not about amount. It's about all. And all for me may be different than all for you. But it's about best and first and all. I don't have time. I could, I could go in, I could go into, uh, so many stories. My, 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 the, the times. Um, before we, before we were getting married, I was engaged. I didn't have a lot of money. I was worried about the rehearsal dinner. I was worried about everything. Somebody had given me a hundred dollar check and somebody had given me a $500 check. And I had both those checks in my, in my billfold. And I was in a North American missions conference in Fort Smith, Arkansas. I was right on the front row where I always was. And uh, the Spirit of the Lord spoke to me and said, give that check. And I was like, sure. Not a problem. And I reached right in and got that $100 check. And the Spirit of God spoke to me and said, wrong check. So I took the $500 check out and signed it over and gave it. And later on, somebody paid for my rehearsal dinner. I, I could go, I literally, she had no idea. When I showed up to get married, I'm talking at the church, I had $114 in my pocket. What kind of a honeymoon can you go on with $114? By the time I walked out the door, I had plenty. We had a good honeymoon. I could go on and on. I, I remember the day that I pulled up at our house. My dad died when he was 42, so I was carrying quite a load uh, at, around our house early. I remember when I pulled up and I saw that bright orange thing hanging from the door of our house. I knew what it was. Our electricity been, was getting cut off. I pulled up to that. I grabbed that off there because I didn't want my mother to see it and her have a heart attack. I, I went over to the church. And I had, I was the church janitor and, and I had a little, a little uh, closet, but a little chair there that I assumed it was an office. And, and I went over there, I, I took that, I took that cut off notice and I laid it on that chair. I'll never forget it. I laid it on that chair. I got down in that closet around the brooms and mops and I, I said, uh, uh, God, I got to have some help. I'm in trouble. Well, I can tell you one thing, the electricity never got cut off, and I had several hundred dollars within three days. I'm just telling you, whenever I'm up here talking about the economy of God and the ability of God, 
I'm, I'm not blowing smoke, folks. I'm not blowing smoke. I understand. Two, two and a half years ago, I mean, I wasn't ever leaving the Pentecostals of Alexandria. I was dying there. I wasn't ever leaving that church. My future and everything was set. And two and a half years ago, God said, no, it, no it's not set. You're leaving. And, it, it, and all I know is, is that God continues to provide. That's, that's all I can say. And I did something that you need to do. At the start of this year, I started a file, Miracles and Blessings. And every time a miracle happens in our life or a blessing comes my way, I take it out, date it, and write it down. I am telling you, I go back and I thumb through that I just started this year. It's like a major list. Why? Because God knows what He's doing. God knows what He's doing. I'm not going to limit God. I will not limit God. You say, well, you're, you're just trying to, to get our money. Do you know what? I am not just trying to get your money. I am trying to release, help release you into another dimension. This is not just about an offering. This is about another dimension. It's about another dimension. Say, well, I don't have much. Well, that fishes and loaves, it didn't take much. It just took all his lunch. It's not amount. It's all. As we stand together, I wish you would take, I wish you would take your card out. Now, let me quickly say this, and I, I know I'm over time, and I'm sorry about that. Let me just say something quickly about this. There is, there is I promise, and there's a thing called faith promise. Okay? Why don't you look at what you can give lump sum or each, each month? Now, why don't you think what you can give, a sacrificial offering, what you can give, and then add to that something at your house that you can sell. Many of us have way too much stuff, and those of you that helped us move in, you know we're guilty. So it's, it's what you could give and... What you could sell, and then add add to that, and I would do this too, if God will provide it by faith, by faith. Let's close our eyes right now, can we? Can we lift our hands to heaven? And can we just pray and just say, God, what would you have me to write? What would you have me to write? Lord Jesus, you know these people. You know every one of them. You know 
what dimension you're wanting to release them into individually as a family and then this church. And God, this is not about begging. It's not about begging. We have to move into a spirit, God, to where we just hear what you're saying to do and we do it. And God, I'm thanking you right now for people that are doing just that. Bless them. Give them confidence. In Jesus' name. Will you just fill out your card now and then just, if, if it's husband and wife or if you're by yourself or coming with a friend or whatever, uh, but if it's a husband and wife, would you both come and, and place your, your offering, your commitment in, in one of these containers? Hallelujah. More than money today. It's a mindset. More than money, it's a mindset. More than money. I wish everyone that that possibly can give anything would would be would be part just just because it's the focus of the church. It's the it's what the the body is saying, but I just know, I just know that God is more concerned about the lost of this world than we could ever be. But God working through man has always been His plan. And I know that there's sacrifice, there's sacrificial commitments being dropped into these containers right now. And can we, being that it is a sacred moment, can we all just close our eyes? If you're coming forward, keep coming forward. Can, can we just worship right now?